My name is Derek Booker, Senior Vice President at L'Oreal USA, Head of Marketing and the Head of the Theris brand. What I love about beauty is the fact that it's something that's universally connected and gives everyone an opportunity to transform. From New York City, you're listening to Beauty Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the beauty industry. Hi, this is Mimi Banks, and you're listening to Beauty Is Your Business. Today, I have the absolute pleasure of welcoming Derek Booker, the Senior Vice President and Head of Thayer's, to the podcast. Good morning, Derek. Good morning, Mimi. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Absolutely great. So great to talk to you this morning. Fabulous. So great to have you. I'm extra excited because you've had such a rich and interesting career. And as we said in real life, that our paths have kind of followed each other, even though we're ships in the night. Every time I work on a new brand, you are moving on to the next. So tell us, can you just share a little bit more about your exciting career path? Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, the most exciting part about my career has been one of discovery about myself along the way. And when you have that chance, it shows up like beads on a necklace. One connects to another to another to deliver something quite beautiful. So for me, I actually started as a scientist. So I started out in microbiology in my undergrad focusing on all things microbes, viruses, things like that, as well as studying chemistry and molecular genetics. My focus was actually going to be to do research in immunology before I found my way into corporate and specifically into brand management. I did not expect that answer. I really did not expect it. That is fascinating. I'm so excited to, to learn more. Of course. You know, it actually began with, number one, my first love has always been science. I've always loved science. I find science in everything that I see and experience. My decision to actually study microbiology was driven by, honestly, a fear. I was completely terrified of microbes and everything that I couldn't see or understand. So one thing that I tend to try to do in my life is when I don't understand something, instead of running from it, I like to spend the time to learn more about it, which gave me the opportunity to jump feet first into understanding that which I couldn't see, which was microbes and microbiology. Through that, I was able to expand on that through my love of chemistry and go even further in the role of taking on the learning of molecular genetics. Wow. And now here we're also talking about toners eventually, and I'm so curious to hear what helped you make the jump from chemists and microbiology to corporate. It's actually a really funny story. So when I first started my career, uh, I had a, a great education. I got an amazing job working as a microbiologist, an industrial microbiologist in the Cincinnati area. And I realized that was not exactly what I wanted to do, but there were parts of the role that I really, really loved. And that part of the role was actually working with the corporate clients to help them identify opportunities with their manufacturing processes or the new product launches of how to improve shelf life to make sure there was no opportunities for contamination. 
after that, I went to work at a pharmaceutical company to work in quality assurance, manufacturing and engineering, because what I found as being a microbiologist is that just did not fit my personality. I love talking with people. I love talking with my clients, but a big part of my job was spending time analyzing and identifying bacteria. And that was just not where I wanted to spend most of my time. So I made the decision then that I was actually going to go back to grad school. So I wanted to get some pharmaceutical experience. So I took a role at a pharmaceutical company working in quality assurance, manufacturing, and engineering as a uh, way to bridge as I was studying for my graduate school to get my PhD in immunology. And like any good student would do, I took a detour from my studies and procrastinated and saw a really exciting job that was at Procter & Gamble at the time. And I didn't think that it would be something that I was qualified for. And it was for a clinical trials manager, which was responsible for managing the clinical trials in oral care, working on clinical claim support strategies. And I thought it just seemed like a really, really cool job. I'd never done anything like that before. I was taking a study break. I applied for this role that I didn't think I was qualified for. And luckily, Procter & Gamble disagreed, and they thought I was more than qualified for the role and actually invited me on to join the organization at P&G as the manager of clinical trials working on what they called chemotherapeutics. So anything having to do with Crest chemistries, oral B chemistries globally, I had the opportunity of working on the clinical trials for that. And also the combination of products. So one plus one equals three, the synergies of how the technologies would come together to deliver the amazing benefits for our consumers across the world, as well as professionals. It was through that that it actually opened the door to two things. One, I decided to pivot and get my MBA instead. And number two, I began to understand a little bit more about the world of business and was introduced in a team meeting to a really interesting personality. And that personality was the brand manager. And that was a new experience for me and was really exciting. And it was through that conversation and the conversation with my mentors at the time that they actually suggested that I pursue a career in marketing. And I was like, why marketing? Am I MBAs and finance? I don't know if I want to do this. And what my mentor said to me at the time is marketing is more than the advertising that you see every day. It's the leadership, it's the connection with others, and it's the ability to move an idea forward. Marketing is really about leadership. And what he highlighted that to me, I said, well, why not? It's a new learning experience. Why don't I give it a try? And I had the opportunity of my first marketing assignment, actually marketing to dentists and hygienists, which was a natural fit considering I was coming out as a scientist in oral care. And what I found through that, it was the first time I feel like everything connected, everything from the standpoint of my science background, the connection with people, the ability to work cross-functionally, as well as the idea to create an idea and lead it through, which was really, really exciting. And I said, wow, he was absolutely right. This is where I should be. I'm still incredibly thankful. Seriously. Wow. Life-changing conversation life-changing conversation. And what I learned through that is there'll be times in your career that you will see someone and meet someone who sees something in you that you don't necessarily see in yourself. 
And that trust in that relationship is really what transformed my career and my life going forward. And I'm so thankful for that honest conversation of, I'll never forget what he said. He's like, I love you in R&D. I love you on my team. I would love to have you, but I think you have so much more to offer. You should really try this. Just wow. And then here we are today. So now you're at P&G, then you made your way somehow to L'Oreal. Yeah, I was at P&G, finished up my MBA, and I did my MBA thesis on the phase four clinical trials and the use to impact marketing outcomes. And what was really exciting about that is it really tied to the work that I did as a scientist because I worked on phase four clinical trials for marketing outcomes, working on claims and claim support strategies. And through that research, what came to the forefront of my investigations was RX to OTC switch engines that existed in pharma and how whether it be switching prescription drugs like Advil or Zyrtec or Claritin from prescription drugs to over-the-counter, there are still other opportunities to make these switches for, for drugs. And I just thought it was absolutely fascinating of how you work through the regulatory experience as well as the branding experience, the consumer touch points, the physician touch points to actually redimension a brand in a category and I was really fascinated by it, but switch engines were incredibly rare. At the time I was finishing up my research and finishing up my MBA, Pfizer actually had a switch engine that they were beginning as part of their consumer health division. With my background, they reached out and one thing led to another. And here I am leaving a, an amazing company like P&G and going to another amazing company like Pfizer, where I was working as brand manager of Rx to OTC Switch. And it was a really exciting opportunity, which gave me a chance to learn not only the existing experience that you have on working on a business like Crest or Oral-B, but also what does it mean to define new categories and new places to play with existing molecules, with physicians, with consumers. It was a lot of that was white space category development, which was exciting. From that, I went to great opportunity on Advil, and I led the Advil business in the U.S., which is a household name, a huge brand, but a very unique time for the brand. And the unique time for the brand is we had three competitors that were off of the market because of an FDA recall. Advil saw a very explosive growth, and I was able to join Advil at a time where my business challenge, my brief essentially, was to hold the dollar share for Advil as we had about a quarter of a billion dollars worth of advertising dollars going back into the category as three of our competitors were coming back to market after Advil's really, really explosive growth. Tremendous opportunity, tremendous way of learning, both the balance of the brand, the consumer, as well as the customer, our retailers, and navigating this really, really dynamic experience in, in pain and pain management. But also it helped me realize as well is the world of brand management is, is also very, very expensive and dynamics also take place. Advil was a household name, but Children's Advil was actually a very small business that went from $3 million to over $60 million during that time of the recall. And now it was the opportunity to hold the dollar share for Children's Advil. So because we were able to hold share for Advil, a new and exciting experience of 
growing our pediatric business as Advisor arose. So I actually took the responsibility of pediatric franchise lead. And under that role, I was responsible for children's Advil, children's Dimetap, children's Robitussin. So cough, cold, pain, fever, all from a pediatric standpoint while defending the brand of the market. The exciting thing was it was the first time I had a chance to work with a consumer that I had never worked with before, which was the millennial mom. And really understanding the role that digital was beginning to play with this millennial mom was, was super exciting and gave me a new perspective of how to interact with social media. It was from that aspect that I uh, began to take a look at what other opportunities are available. I had moved from big brands, small brands, three brands. There was a, another opportunity to think about what do I want to be known for? What are other opportunities? Which brings us into this wonderful industry of beauty. And as I was beginning to think about opportunities inside, outside of Pfizer, which was an exceptional organization, one company just kept rising to the top, which was L'Oreal. And I had the opportunity to starting conversations with L'Oreal early on. And right around the acquisition of CeraVe, I increased my conversations with L'Oreal. And I was actually brought into L'Oreal to integrate CeraVe into L'Oreal, having both the consumer CPG experience, but because CeraVe was at a pharmaceutical company previously, I understood both worlds, pharma and consumers intersecting. And that was such a great opportunity of joining beauty and began to unleash some of the great skills that I learned to transform and build brands. So super exciting. That's how I ended up in beauty. It was never a straight path, very much so a winding road. Which is incredible. Uh, you had me. I'm just fascinated by, you know, all the different building blocks that led you to where you are today to get to Thayer's. But we haven't gotten there yet because you still have two different positions before Thayer's, at least, I think, where I followed you along. We're very close with CeraVe. We've been working with CeraVe for several years now. So people are obsessed with CeraVe. Maybe you did know when you started what a phenomenal brand that it would be if with consumers, not just knowing the products very well, but how big CeraVe got due to digital during COVID specifically. I'd love to talk about what you did with CeraVe, then your next exciting role, and then we'll get to really how everything has come together with theirs. Interesting that you bring that up about CeraVe as becoming the consumer darling. I always tell this story about CeraVe and how I was introduced to CeraVe. So growing up in the Midwest, our winters are very cold, you get very dry, and I remember coming home for the holidays and asking my mom, can I please have some lotion that doesn't smell like something, like raspberries, strawberries? I just wanted something that smelled plain. And she said, okay. So she hands me a bottle that she got from the dermatologist, and it was CeraVe. And I'm like, CeraVe? I used it, and I'm like, this stuff is pretty good. I've never heard of them. Must not be very good marketing. Four months later, I'm head of marketing for CeraVe. It's one of those things that I would say that you have these opportunities that have crossed your path. All the time, I didn't even know at the time, as I was saying, that I was going to be then responsible for changing that perception. And the key thing about CeraVe that I think is amazing is the product. I mean, the product is an absolutely amazing product. The formulas are outstanding. The develop with dermatologists is so tried and true. But what I noticed uniquely about CeraVe and became my foremost responsibility is I always listen to what the consumers have to say. So when I was leaving Pfizer... 
And I was saying, I'm going to L'Oreal. I'm going to be working on a brand called CeraVe. The first thing that was brought up by most people was, who's that? What's CeraVe? I never even heard of it. Which is wild now to say that because people are so obsessed. It's completely wild. No one knew what CeraVe was, but those who did know, they were introduced to the brand because they had a skin condition. And what was a key insight for me is no one just mentioned CeraVe as a great product. It always was accompanied with story. And it always would start something like this. Oh my gosh, CeraVe. I love CeraVe. Let me tell you how I started with CeraVe. My child, myself, I suffered from eczema. My child was suffering from diaper rash. These aspects were going on, but really the emotional turmoil that associated with a skin condition and how CeraVe changed that skin condition. So I was like, I worked on Advil and some of these amazing brands, but this is the first brand that always started with, I love CeraVe, here's my story. So using that as a, a key insight, I really wanted to dig in that a little bit further. So what I realized is the opportunity or was the opportunity for CeraVe at the time is really the understanding of, we all want the aspirational aspect of beauty, whether that's the most beautiful skin, we want to look the best that we can. Until you're confronted with a skin condition, then the aspiration changes. The aspiration that you're looking for is the healthiest version of the skin that you were born with. And really tapping into that insight, which is based in authenticity, which is based in touch, which is based in care, really became the focal point of making sure that we stayed focused on three essential ceramides to restore and repair the skin's moisture barrier. And that was really the start. We kicked off our first TV commercial in the fall of that year, which I had the opportunity to lead and design. And from there, we built the fundamentals of what become a social media darling and a beloved brand, a love brand, if you will. And that was just such an exciting experience to be on because very few times do you get an opportunity to do that in your career. I took that skincare knowledge, went to SkinCeuticals, where I worked on more upstream, so in a global capacity, really designing and delivering new product and new product innovation that was designed for medical and medical aesthetics and reinforcing the skincare knowledge that I gained on CeraVe, going into the depth of understanding, which really felt like going back home from clinical research, science, microbiology, cellular physiology, things like that. And that was a tremendous role, a great opportunity to learn brand building as well as the global landscape at a new beauty company like L'Oreal and how fast, but then at the same time, how slow you need to be to be very intentional about the scientific expertise and rigor that goes into the skincare products that we love every day. And you're still uh, speaking with doctors because even CeraVe and SkinCeuticals are in that medical field, which is speaks to your career path and where you started too. Absolutely. And it's with a brand developed with dermatologists. You have another brand that's developed with the best aesthetic doctors in the world. So this consumer physician connection of really those intersecting insights of finding that solve for the need state was really one of the unique factors that tied both of those brands together. They're amazing brands. And was really one of the things that for me solidified, I really love skincare. I really love skincare. And what does it mean? Because it's skin is all about touch. 
and there's nothing more personal than that. And that's in and of itself is a facet of beauty that helps build connections, build self-esteem, and allows you to face the world in a way that you might not have a chance to before. So when the opportunity to take the leadership of Thayer's presented itself, Thayer's is an exciting brand, tremendous formulas, and a beloved brand that's been around for over 175 years that was acquired by L'Oreal in 2020. I jumped at the opportunity to continue this mission of building and creating these love brands. And that's what led me to Thayer's is there was so much opportunity. It was a new acquisition by L'Oreal. And... I saw and still see tremendous amounts of potential with the brand, as well as connecting with the new consumer audience, specifically Gen Z. Wow, that's so exciting. I mean, there it's so such a combination between like what you did at CeraVe mixed with Skin C a little bit of what's happening with Thayer's. And I know that Thayer's has such a, an incredible story. And there's a little bit of a relaunch and repositioning, new tone of voice. I would love for you to share more about Thayer's with the audience, just a brief overview of who they are, and then just about the relaunch and how the brand is evolving. Sure, absolutely. So Thayer's is over 175 years old. It's most known as being a toner brand. As a toner brand, the key ingredient being witch hazel. And it has been a staple in households for generations. The new approach that we're taking with theirs is, I love to play on words, you'll hear a lot of puns as we talk about theirs, is we needed to change our tone. And part of changing that tone is really being at the pulse of culture. As we look at brands, like we said with CeraVe, as we look at brands like SkinCeuticals, they're fantastic brands, fantastic formulas, but so much has happened as consumers have become upskilled as it relates to skincare, skincare ingredients, skincare science. It allowed for Thayer's to have a reemergence as also a brand that plays into that scientific heritage, the trusted and Durham-backed ingredients, but more importantly, brings life back into the routine. I say for Thayer's and the reinvention, quote-unquote, changing our tone, is all about bringing the fun back to skincare. There's been a lot that's happened as we think about the evolution of mass, mass medicals as the overall skincare category. But there's an aspect of sensory. There's an aspect of brilliant plant science. There's an aspect of efficacy that the consumer has come to say is trust. And when we think about our consumers, they are very authentic. They're unapologetically authentic. And they're looking for a brand that really understands them. So for theirs, it's about bringing the fun back to skincare because at the end of the day, life is something that we all have in common. And we're not all going to do it perfectly, but we don't have to. You can have the right skincare routine solution that meets the needs of the consumer and can be a lot of fun. I love that, bringing the fun back to skincare. You know, our paths crossed this summer at the X Games, like that in and of itself, talking about fun and skincare together, where you had a chance to really reintroduce the brand to a whole new consumer. Absolutely. It's the beginning of, as I say, changing our tone for the brand, introducing to a whole new consumer, but more importantly, showing up in delightful places to surprise and delight 
and it's places that you wouldn't be expected. Like you said, the X Games. The X Games is all about extreme sports, going hard for the sport that you love. I mean, you were there with us and you were able to see, I mean, these athletes are absolute just geniuses in, in their craft and what they do. But it's not what you would consider the traditional sport, the, the, the traditional way that you would view sports. But the resilience of the type of sports, the tricks that they're doing was a perfect place for theirs to show up and say, we see you and we're here too. And we want to support you because we go hard for people who go hard for life. And that was an opportunity for theirs to show up in an unexpected way, which made us the first beauty and skincare sponsor to ever be a part of the X Games. And it was a great experience. It was an absolutely great experience. That was incredible to see and feel and hear the enthusiasm from that. So you have people who are excited about life, who do go hard at life and now can go hard, hopefully also about skincare and theirs. And it just, it was such an incredible, incredible activation. And so speaking of changing your tone, as you change your tone, you're going to evolve eventually probably into new categories. What's next? We're just getting started. It's, it's just the beginning. So for theirs, it's about making sure that we continue to reinforce what we have for toners and then highlighting just the importance of toners in everyone's routine. We've kicked off a significant amount of research and clinical research on our core toner line, but then also expanding into new categories as we think about the needs and the needs of our consumer. I talked about Gen Z. It's one of the most diverse generations that we've had. And the needs of their skins are unique. The key tensions that they're having with skin and skincare is something that I think theirs can uniquely address. And in fact, our innovation addresses eight of the top 10 skincare needs that Gen Z has highlighted is something that they need help with. So as we've been expanding into categories like our new facial cleanser line, which came out, our new moisture line, which is actually launching now, you can find it at Walmart, you can find it at Amazon, and going into next year, tackling the number one skin concern for Gen Z with a very, very exciting acne line. Theirs is taking a position of really making sure that we take the problem solving out of skincare to deliver routines backed by science, clinically proven with that plant ingredient plus that dermatological active in a way that allows consumers to still have the naturality they desire, but the efficacy that they expect. Through the X Games, my stepdaughter discovered theirs and she is obsessed and lives by it. And now she's like, it's the only thing that clears her acne. She wasn't even using specifically an acne line. So I can only imagine that's so exciting what the new acne line that's going to come. There's a lot of exciting things that are coming with acne. I can't go into too much detail other than the fact that I think that our consumers are going to be surprised and delighted with the products that they currently love within our acne range and the new and exciting acne solutions that we're going to be providing for all skin types, all skin tones, and addressing some key tensions of that immediate need and the healing that happens long after. That's incredible because already I would think that it takes some time to educate about even what toner is, how toner is used, and just on your skin in general. But 
I'm very curious now. So you have Thayer's that is changing its tone. You have this like really robust career that has built on itself in the most incredible way and really inspiring for the people that are listening. I love to spend time on the career because I think it's super important to understand what is possible. And maybe our parents' generation, they worked at some place for like 30 years. But here now, that's completely not common and really pretty much unheard of. And I just wanted to ask before we finish up today, what is probably the biggest lesson that you've learned in your career? This is advice that you would share, something that you'd like to convey. There's a couple of lessons I've learned in my career. Number one, there will always be people that are there to help seek out, embrace help along the way. I am so thankful for my mentors that have given me the help along the way to help me see things that I did not necessarily see in myself that has laid a great foundation for my career and even going further. I think the second one is really around, it is a journey and it's not linear. I started as a scientist. I did MBA. I was going to go to grad school. Life happens. And that's actually the exciting thing about what my career experience has been is it has not been linear, but it is through that non-linear, non-traditional path that I was able to gain learning as well as lean into things that helped me find myself in that journey. And the third is don't be afraid to make mistakes. For me personally, I don't believe in mistakes. I believe in learning opportunities and, or I like to call them learning accelerants because that is the one thing that I would see a lot of people who start in their first corporate job is they get their job, they get the, the dream job at the beginning of their career, and they want to be perfect. They don't want to make any mistakes. But the one thing I always go back to is even preschool, K through 12, undergrad, grad school, if you do it, the one thing that you're consistently taught is how to identify, address, and solve problems. And that skill is, is, is how you matriculate to the next level. So when you get into an organization and you're afraid to make mistakes because you want to make sure that you're perfect, the one thing that you have that you can rely on is the fact that you've already demonstrated the ability to solve problems, to identify problems, or you wouldn't have been where you are. So embrace that and really celebrate the fact that you've done it before, you've consistently done it, and you can go into organization and what might seem like quote unquote problem is actually a new opportunity for organizations. It, it can set a new foundation. It can set a brand on a new trajectory. And it can also inspire people who think differently to see themselves in the work that you do, the way that you connect with consumers. So those are my three. That's incredible. I really appreciate that. And if someone wants to find you or connect with you after listening to your inspiring story, what's the best way to find Thayer's? Well, you can go to theirs.com. We're also on TikTok. We're on Instagram. And you won't be able to miss us because our content is quite disruptive. So you can go to any of those channels. We're on the meta universe as well. So making sure that you look for us there, that will be the, the best place to find us. If you want to look for me, LinkedIn's probably the best way to connect with me and 
I get a lot of messages from people that are in the industry and I love to get those and we can set up some time and have a coffee chat. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us. The time actually flew by today. Your incredible and rich career path. I can only wait to see what's next. Well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed it and and I love spending time with you and I Love the fact that our paths have crossed and continue to stay connected because I've always had so much respect for you, Amy, and I really appreciate the time this morning. Oh, thanks, Derek. This has been Beauty Is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and find prior episodes at beautyisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening.